On this week's episode of the Superhero Hour Hour, will Watchmen be the best superhero show of all time? Is Lila Diggle's wife or more? What will Jughead's first day at Stonewall be like? Find out on this episode of the Superhero Hour Hour. Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only show on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. I am your host for the evening. My name is Taylor. We are going to be walking you through every single show that came out this week, except for Daybreak, because we're going to be talking about that two episodes next week so that we can give it all of the attention that it deserves. So if you were tuning in just for Daybreak, uh, please stick around and listen to all the other things that we talk about. Or if you want to leave, come back next week and we'll be talking about the thing that you care about if you're just a real like Daybreak diehard fan. Uh, with me as always is Ryan. Oh my God. This is like, this is my, uh, I hate this. Not, like, I've tried to figure out how to like respond to this question or like you. It's it not me. a question, first of all. But, like you threw it to me, and like every time I answer this, also it's with me is Mike. Wrong. Mike, do you know how to respond to him? Who the fuck is to ignore him a little? It's, who the fuck is a daybreak diehard? Who who are there daybreakers out there? Are there people like you know what? I don't care about most comic book TV shows. I'll tune into this podcast because I need to hear what people have to I, say about daybreak. I have to I have to assume that it would be people who like thought that it was another continuation of like the Twilight Saga. And they it does they, have a very twilighty name, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they got confused and they started reading it. And they were like, "Well, I mean, if I'm already here, I might as well." And then they just like got into it. Is it? And I don't want to like shit on anybody's work or art, but is it the least heard of comic book we've ever covered? Like that a TV show was based on? Um, I don't know. End of the fucking world would be up that, there. That's the that's the tie yeah. between it's, those two. Into the fucking world, or maybe like Outcast, because I I don't know a lot of people that were talking about Outcast. That's Robert Kirkman. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's Robert Kirkman, but it's of Robert Kirkman, who is a slightly lesser known. Like he like he's not a like big name, but he's also it's his like lesser known work. I wonder if, and I know that like your intro for every episode is already long. With the comic books and the comic book properties. But should we add... And we don't do animated shows. It's just live right. action. You say live action. Live action. Published and printed on paper. Oh. Like, is this a web comic? Daybreak? Daybreak? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, because I never... I love the oatmeal, but I never want to talk about the oatmeal TV show. Yeah. Like, uh, like what... If we start making, like, XKCD live action television shows... <laughs> I think that's where we'll have to start drawing a line. Or like Kathy? Yeah. Ack, you know? Ah. Ackham Asylum? I don't want to review that. Yeah, I also don't want to... Okay, fuck that. Kathy, Ackham Asylum, I would definitely... She just goes into Ackham and finds out that she is so like her villains. Uh, You know what? I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Uh, Don't take that away. Uh, Because you know... (laughs) Listen, we can't even joke around about that stuff because so many things are getting made into TV shows now. There are too many shows. If someone's going to hear that and be like, fuck, we do need to do this. We need a gritty Kathy reboot. (laughs) 
But what if it's like Patty? What's her name? Patty Hardison. Patty Harrison. Patty Harrison as, or Party as Hardison. Party Hard. That, thank you. I confused the two. Party Hardison as modern day Kathy. Okay, fuck. There's the fucking pitch. Yeah, okay, listen. Well, that, I mean, in Taylor's yeah, intro, he says, we cover every TV show based on a comic book or comic book property or anything that Patty Harrison does, right? Yeah, it, listen, anything that Patty Harrison does, I will cover it for this show. I, that is my number one guarantee. I haven't done it yet, but from now on, I guess I'll do it. Can I Can I tell, like, a real-life story? <laughs> sure. Do you guys remember that, uh, and it's we have so many vacations together. Uh, so it's hard to keep track. But do you guys remember where we were on vacation together in the mountains and we watched a skit and it featured a uh, comedian that, Taylor, you already knew about. Yes. But I don't think me and Mike did at that point. Uh, it was from that one show whose name I will never remember. I think you should leave uh, with Tim Robinson. I mean, I will I after my story. <laughs> we're all funny. Um, <laughs> and her skit in that show broke our... Like, we were crying so, and hugging and, so like, dry humping. fucking <laughs> funny. And, like, it's her delivery of very, like, innocuous things. It's like, are we even gonna <laughs> get anything else now? <laughs> I just say that to myself all of the time. I, I look like a crazy too. person. <laughs> it's the perfect skit because it, uh, it makes fun of how real people act in real life slightly. Like, yeah. guys in the real – people in the real world, this is sort of how you actually act when a thing comes up in the office. I think the thing that, like, made that skit respond to us very strongly was it's a, it's a skit about someone who is making jokes in the office, trying to one-up someone else's shitty joke, and then realizing <laughs> that no one gives a shit. Also, don't keep it quiet that that guy's joke got laughs and yours didn't. Say something. Yeah. You have to <laughs> let the people know. Yeah, the, the other thing, too, is that like we're watching that show, and we're like, uh, this is a great skit show, and I love Tim Robinson, and I only want to see him, and he better be the star of every skit. And if not, we're going to be pissed. And that skit started, and we folded our arms, and then our lives were changed forever. It's that one and the one where um, Vanessa Bayer is reading off <laughs> Instagram captions. <laughs> yeah, with these two pig fucks, hashtag <laughs> gross kill us all. They're, they're just jealous because I won best shit snarfer <laughs> at the hot shit snarfing contest. <laughs> Fuck, guys! That if you haven't watched that show on Netflix, it's like it's like six episodes that are all like seventeen minutes long, and it's the best thing that you could possibly watch. Not to talk about a different one of our podcasts, but if that does not make the comedy booty the best of the year at the end of the oh, year, yeah. do we burn the house down? Like, what do we do? Yes, it's yeah, probably not going to make the it, house guys. down. Shut the fucking thing down. Well, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Watchmen today. But before we get to that, let's go to the super serious shishi bullpen. Now we're here in the Super Serious Shishi Bullpen. This is the part of the show where we kick back, have some fun with some seggies. That's what I call segments. Now, this week we are going to go back to our mailbag because after the success of our very, very successful segment from a few weeks ago, reading emails, people sent in a whole bunch of new emails. So... And like. Could we just, if I can make a suggestion, keep them to emails? Like, the amount of people who are bringing in bags of mail, like, it's too much paper, guys. Just email us. This is not the court scene of Miracle on 34th Street. Please just email us. Which, A, best scene in cinema history. Right, yes. Number one. Um, the second best scene is also that scene. Mm-hmm. Little known fact about that scene. Now I'm going to go to our mailbag and read off some emails, and we are going to answer your questions. Also, I just want to say, I'll say it at the top. I'll say it at the end as well. If you want to send an email, send it to contact at yourpopfilter.com and we'll read it on the show. This one says, with the word that Brandon Routh and real life Courtney Ford, a.k.a. Nora Dark, 
are leaving Legends of Tomorrow, what character from DC's C-list would you want to replace him? And what actor should play them? And they're leaving together, right? Like, yeah. They're full on banging. Oh, yeah. They're they, doing got, they got married and they left. Yep. Which is very beautiful. I love that. I mean, just to be married to Brandon Routh. Goddamn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, lucky is. Courtney Ford. Yeah. Uh, our most, probably not like our best acting superhero or Superman, but our most handsome. Yeah. Or no, who's yes. the DCU one? He's he's a good looking guy. No, but his, his, his Henry Cavill's face is too like carved from stone. Brendan Routh is like a dreamboat real life human. Yeah. He's I, the guy that like he's handsome, but you'll you'd still talk to him at like a party. Yeah. Yes. He's approachable. There, there's an obvious answer to this question, right? Based on who we are and the things that yes. we talk about regularly. Is it matter eating lad? It's matter eating lad. Matter eating lad. Yeah. But I I think matter eating lad and and to shake it up. Uh, that the actor who'd be perfect for the Wave Rider, it's Adam Brody. Adam Brody is matter-eating lad. Adam Brody? Wait, think- Adam Brody, who played Seth Cohen on the seminal hit show, Fox show, The O.C.? Now that I God think about it, that same it. Adam Brody. Here's the problem. God he already has a DC character. Yeah, a uh, side guy in Shazam. Fucking Brendan Routh played Superman and then oh, played yeah. the Adam. <laughs> yeah. Good point. It's fine. Yeah, I, I think uh, Matter Eater Lad would be... I, I think his ability set is just perfect for the Wave Rider. Like, I think he's a character that no one else gives a shit about, but that we love, and so therefore would work perfectly on Legends of Tomorrow. Here's what I don't want. I don't want a... Uh, who's the new guy, the Jim Carrey guy in The Flash? Um, What? Uh, Ralph Dibney. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I now understand what you're saying. I don't want like somebody who is just there for comic relief. Isn't it funny? He eats all matter. His name is Matter Eater Lad. I, like, I want him to... like. He should be the funny character, but that's something that we actually have a lot of on Legends. Could he be like the serious one? Could he be like the Frank Castle, a very serious about eating matter, and I'd do it all day? <laughs> Fuck. Well, yes. He could. I think that would make him the new old Nate from... <laughs> Like well, like when he was a real stick in the mud, but they could make it work finally. I have a, I have so many like different varying affinities for every Marvel character. I think I think of all DC characters exactly the same. Like they're yeah. all the same to me. They're fine. The first one I thought of was uh, who's the future guy who hangs out with Blue Beetle? Booster Gold. I want to see Booster Gold. I like <laughs> that guy because he he's an asshole and should not have that job, and he does. Mm-hmm. He's the Hawkeye of the DC universe. And we've been hearing, like, whispers and hints of Booster Gold for fucking 20 years. Just give us Booster. And such a good name. It's not Future Man. Booster Gold. Booster and I think he Gold. should be played by Adam Brody. I, I always feel like Booster Gold is the name of the toy from, uh, what's that Arnold Schwarzenegger Christmas movie? Jingle, Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. I, I always think Booster Gold is that toy, but it's not. All right. And our next email says, hey, guys, this one is from Mike and Ryan. All right. Fuck me, I guess. I'm starting my own podcast, and I think you guys are really good on the show. <laughs> How did you get so smart and funny? Did you go to a school to get real good? Thanks for any information or help from Taylor W. God fucking damn it. <laughs> Who? <laughs> That's a weird coincidence. Uh, I don't uh, know, Mike. What do you think is our secret sauce? I, I think... Uh... Be friends long enough that you alienate other people. Like, they don't want to be around you because you're just so locked in with your partner. That's important. But also still have, like, try to bring something new to the podcast. And then thirdly, put somebody else who's such a chud on your show that you sound amazing. That's the thing, right? Like, uh, Mike, you and I do the OCD. And it's wonderful. It's one of the most perfect podcasts. But it's just me and you being great all the time. 
and there's nobody that like as our foil to like uh right. be so bad that it shows that we're good. Taylor, you weren't named in that email. I was but not. No. Do you want to respond to? You know what? No. I, I would. I would like to not respond and say how Mike and Ryan got so good and smart. You know what? I'm going to leave myself out of that one. Uh, yeah, because we'd be too embarrassed. We wouldn't. I love the way that you say Mike and Ryan because it sounds like my crying, which is what you're doing right now. Uh, I think that you're good. I think that you're a good podcast. Oh, oh, do you? What? Thanks for that. That's that's really good for me to hear. How, how I really I really appreciate you saying that, Ryan. How, how'd you do it? Was it just watching me and Mike for years and years? I swear to God, I, how is this my show? And I get I get no respect. I'm a I'm a regular Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> I, like people, like our listeners are sending in these emails. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like this is what they think. I just I, listeners, please be nice to me. <laughs> please just don't be mean to me. That's don't all. be Dirk Diggler's mom. That's all I ask. <laughs> All right, this next email it says, Dear Fat Ass Knight and the Dips. Hold on, like? let's figure out who is who. <laughs> That's what you like, Gladys Knight and the Dips. <laughs> That's really good. Fat Ass, comma. So one of us is Fat Ass, one of us is Knight. Uh, no, it's just Fat Ass Knight. Oh, the, one of us is and, Fat Ass and, Knight. And, and, and the other two are the Dips. Okay. The Dips. I think I'm probably Fat Ass Knight. Oh, thank God. You do squats a lot. That, I, the, you know what that is, yeah. Uh, I'm not allowed to watch Riverdale due to a court order, and reading or listening to recaps violates my parole, parentheses, for a different charge. (laughs) But I just can't get enough of the core four. Can you guys make up a Riverdale story so I can get my, quote, fix in all caps italics? All right. Sincerely, Crime Collector 27. Couple of problems with this email. Um... Listen to our podcast because it doesn't matter what we say that we're going to review. We mostly only talk about Riverdale, so like you're going to get your fix if you listen to this show. But but like I I wonder if that is also against whatever his parole is. All right, so improv time. Yes. Uh, there's only three of us, so somebody has to be two characters. Okay. Well, so um, let's. Here's what we'll do. We'll go around and we'll each take like a character and we'll say what that character story is because they don't really have to overlap anymore in Riverdale. Okay. So Ryan, what's what is, uh, or, or you know what, I'll let you pick the character. What character do you want? Uh, I'm going to be Archie. Okay. He's a lot like me. He's tall, handsome, built, and a ginger. And uh, his storyline for the this entire episode, yeah, 44 minutes of episode, uh, is that he accidentally put his balls in a milkshake from Pops. <laughs> and he liked it, and now he's going to do it to everybody's milkshake. Oh, my God. That would be, I feel like that would be a season-long arc on Riverdale at this point. That They would just go for it. Uh, Mike, who like what character do you want to take, and what storyline are they going for? And please, you're you're uh, going second, so I set up a theme. If you could continue yeah. that theme, that would be great. H- help out, Crime Collector Twenty Seven on this one. Sure, I, I think so. Veronica Lodges, her speakeasy uh, is kind of waning; that she's losing money on it. So what she does is get the vixens to start prowling the town to convince the rich denizens of Riverdale to come to speakeasy and then they drug them and charge a bunch of money in their credit cards and dip all their balls in the milkshakes i like i love this nobody's doing this right now i think this is a perfect idea um i i think that jughead in this episode because jughead now goes to a private school uh he is going to try to uh write a story about these uh bald milkshakes uh and somehow, bald, not like they're losing their hair, but yeah. bald, like balls went in them. And somehow, through like an eldritch loss of sanity uh, storyline, he is going to like wake up with his balls covered in milkshake and believe that he is the one 
who has been doing the, the milkshake bottling. But because of Riverdale's history, there's like four different bad guys that could have put milkshake on his balls, yeah. and he doesn't know which one. Yeah, they're, they're all like around, and like Moose is there, and he's like, whoa, that's so weird. You better watch your sack. Also, uh, please don't call me by that stupid name. I have a new, different stupid oh, name. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, now he goes by, like, Mongoose or whatever. And uh, then, real quick, uh, I will also do Betty. Uh, Betty is like, I don't know what my friends are doing, uh, but I'm going to cut to the chase with you, uh, my FBI brother. I think you're hot, and let's kiss. And they do. Yeah. And Cheryl is still taking care of her dead brother's corpse. Uh, and so there you go, Crime Collector 27. That is our recap of... Uh, uh, Riverdale for you. So that he masturbated to that, right? 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to sploosh all over the place, and we wish you the best orgasm of a your life. Sploosh. That is the Your Pop Filter guarantee. Now we're going to move on to our main event, which is talking about a very good show, which is called Watch. Come gather around Eight years after Tulsa, Oklahoma's Black Wall Street Massacre, and 30 years after the Watchmen story in the comics, cops wear masks and have cover careers, while white supremacist group the 7th Cavalry uses Rorschach masks to hide their identities. After some time of quiet, chaos begins to bubble up when an officer is shot by the first Cavalry member seen in three years. Then so much more shit happens. Taste Buds, I ask you this. How are Lindelof and Co. doing in capturing the spirit of the original comic? And what is the show saying about justice in general? That it's complicated. Yeah. I mean, like, straight up. Like, uh, I don't know what their ending point will be. It's hard after one episode and so much buildup. And so many times I've read the comic book. And so many times I've talked shit on the Zack Snyder movie. But uh, if it ends like it starts with just the fact that justice is complicated, I think I'll still be satisfied. Yeah, and I think that's a way that it, to answer the first part of that question, is capturing the original spirit of the comic. That is A plus for, mm-hmm. that. like, that is what the comic was all about, is shit is complicated and we're not going to take a lot of hard stands on things. And I think in that way, like, the show is doing a good job, which is dicey in 2019 because we have so much thought about the police and, like... Yeah, one of the craziest things about the world they've created is, like, historically, the KKK and the cops are the same. Right. Uh, and then this one is splitting them into two different groups of masks. It, it's really weird to be like, you're either on the side of the fascists or the side of the white supremacists. Yeah. Go. And, and like, uh, I had this conversation with someone else talking about this show where their first, like, interpretation of it was, I don't like that they are, like, trying to, like, make cops the like the the victims in the battle of white supremacy and i was like well i i a that is a take but i think what the show is actually doing is like what does white supremacy do when the police are no longer just an extension of white supremacy like Mm -hmm. like i think it's actually doing a very interesting thing in diving into like the core of like white supremacy if it was removed from what we typically like are trying to throw at it as it's, like, central, like, the things that give it power. And, I mean, like, 
I'm going to say the first scene right now because it's the first scene after Tulsa, and I like yes. I want to get to Tulsa as we're like, going to talk about Tulsa. Thing. So the first scene, uh, not Tulsa, is a cop doing a pretty routine pullover yeah. that is of a uh, guy who is in a Rorschach. He's in the Rorschach gang, and the cop notices it. And I thought Lindelof said like this show is not political, and we knew it was going to be. But I thought it was going to be only political in the ways that I believe and make people who believe differently than me look like idiots. And instead, what happens is the like uh, the eventual uh, like I don't know like neutering of cops' power so much that they have to ask for permission to use their gun. And if that guy didn't have to ask for for permission, he would still be alive. Like the fact that he had to ask mm-hmm. for permission meant that he was dead. And it's it, it it's almost like South Parkian in we are liberal, but do you guys do you liberal see how far you might take this? And that was a yeah. surprise to me. Yeah, and I felt like it did it very effectively because I I think it is doing the like what if liberals got like literally everything that they had ever asked for with regard to the police, and it's still not like a violent violenceless society. And I also I am curious to see how they're going to land this because I think if they keep going down this route and sort of treating the police the way that they have in the first episode, it could end up being like a bad thing. But I think what they will eventually have to reckon with is the fact that like we have a police force that covers up their faces and are sort of like when they decide that they can are still going to unleash their weapons and have weapons drawn. And now there's anonymity involved. So I think episode two is going to be, uh, yeah, it is complicated. There's this scene where the the sh- the sheriff Judd uh, yeah. is they have to vote whether they can use extreme force to go hunt down the Seventh Cavalry, and Panda, who seems to be like the keeper of the minutes, is the one who has to pass it. And everybody's so mad that Panda's like, "No, we shouldn't do it yet," but everybody else votes that they can go extreme. Yeah, and the extreme they go. I know you are attacking like a domestic terror cell, but you have like this floating fire spaceship. Yeah, and it it is insane that this is. I, I don't think the first hour is complicated enough that I don't think it's saying, and the cops are good now. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think what I'm just saying is like, I, I think that there is a lot more to explore with that than we've got in the first episode. And I read an interview with like Damon Lindelof and he was like, one of the main things that made me want to like do this show and like the hook for it is a thing that we haven't even gotten to yet. So, like, this show is, I think, about to get fucking insane. Oh, and there's a lot of buzz online from TV critics about episode six. Do you guys remember halfway through True Detective, that, like, uh, that big scene at the end of, like, episode four or whatever it was? Yeah. That is coming. Uh, I think that Panda is, doesn't get a lot of screen time, but, like, is sort of a central thematic character and that he is the worst. Yeah. He looks like he smells bad. You do not want to talk to him. Like, he's all rules all the time. Mm -hmm. But he is the, like... He is humanity's last hope. It, guys, yeah. I like. I know you want to do this now because you're angry, but if we don't follow the rules, then everything's going to go to shit. And all we want to do is uh, say, fuck you, Panda. You're a nerd. Yeah. And you're not manly, and we're going to break you down. And I, I feel like Panda is going to be one of the sort of like core group of like named characters that we have. So let's let's go over the, the cast of characters that we have so far. Um, so it is... decades after the original Watchmen, but sort of the police sort of have like their own characters that they are in. Like they are sort of vigilantes. So we have uh, sister Knight, who is Regina King who dresses up like a nun and beats the shit out of people. And it's cool as hell. 
And also from The Leftovers, Dave Lindelof's last show, and also yes. the best actress that we have working today. Yeah, uh, incredible. Um, there's uh, the... I, I can't remember his his like character name, but like the the faux Russian guy with the red mask. Yeah, it's like red mask. Yeah, um, there's um, uh, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Man mm-hmm. as uh, Mirror Face, right? Looking Glass. Looking Glass. Is that is his name. Buster Scruggs. Nope, that's not his real yeah. name. But Buster Scruggs. But Buster Scruggs is. It's Looking a better Glass. real name. Um, and, and then there's uh, Panda, who is uh, this guy, and then also Judd, who was the uh, sort of like the the chief of police, police chief. but spoiler alert he's he's now at the end of this episode dead and when the comic book ended uh like superheroes were vigilantes were outlawed and then the vigilantes came in to like stop riots and keep people calm and then the police were like confused do we stop the criminals do we stop the superheroes because yeah. they're also criminals and now 30 years later is that what it is yeah it's like 34 years later uh cops are wearing masks yeah like vigilantes do and uh vigilantes just get to go into the cop meetings and have like be in the meeting yeah. So now we're all working together to stop the Rorschachs, basically. Yeah. Did, what did you guys get that for? Our Sister Night, Looking Glass, and Red Scare, are they cops who are just like detectives so they have cooler costumes? Or are they vigilantes who work with the cops? Or is that unclear right now? I, I, I thought they were like PIs. Like they have yeah. some sort of different badge. I, I think Looking Glass might be part of the police, and then beca- beca- okay. because they have that conversation when they when the cop gets shot and they're in the hospital, where he's like, "Do you want to call in?" and he he uses like her code name, uh, and he's like, "No, nah, we're not gonna like bother her with this." And that chief of police, Don Johnson, who like well cast, like yes. I don't know what mm, Don Johnson's great. range is, but like here, like I'm rooting for him and I feel for him, but he also has that like cocky smile and 80s handsomeness, he has the best of both worlds because now he has the cops and the vigilantes all working for whatever he says to do. Yeah, it it is... That situation is also very interesting because they walk into the the hall where they meet, and it, it looks very, like... It is a weird stone room that's very like brutalist architecture. 1984. Yes, it like it, it mm-hmm. looks like uh, they should be throwing like doing an ad for Apple computers in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but like they're doing that while watching these like white supremacists who are like do, filming in the same style that Archie does on Riverdale when he forms his militia. Like it's yeah. it's just a bunch of dudes in masks like in a in a room talking directly into the camera. And the the Rorschachs are bad because they have they do extreme things. Yes. And they have not been given badges. Yes. And so Don Johnson and his cops and vigilantes are against the Rorschachs because the Rorschachs are bad and have not been given badges. But at the end of the comic book, Rorschach writes down in his journal everything that actually happened. Yeah. And it goes out to the public and now this group in a very Pizzagate way, said, oh, we're going to like uh, commit our lives to this thing that we heard. Everybody else on the planet thinks that it's a conspiracy. Yeah. But these people dedicated their lives to the thing that was not a conspiracy. It's like Pizzagate was real, and they are... It, it's so upsetting, and I think that's why I think I love this show and what it's doing, is that the white supremacists in this one aspect actually are like correct that it is a conspiracy. Right, but but they're still they're like that too. But it just still seems the white supremacy is the bigger part of their yes identity. That, that is a bigger and, thing. And and like there's there's been criticisms because of course that's going to happen uh, about the show. And people are like Rorschach wouldn't inspire that. Of oh, fucking course yes, he, he would. would. How it got to the public is he sent it to a right wing magazine. Yeah, like so. Uh, yeah. Have you guys seen people talk about Zack Snyder? Absolutely, Rorschach could inspire this. Yeah, like uh, the worst. The reason that like. 
his thing got out is he sent it to that universe's equivalent of Breitbart. Like, uh-huh. like Rorschach was a right wing, like crazy dude, it, it, but he just happened to be like, that was the thing about the original Watchmen is he was right that these people were doing shady, nefarious things. Right. But like, maybe what they were doing was, oh, maybe. Okay. Like, and, and if Pizzagate was true. That does not mean that we should all grab guns and, like, we should just, like, prosecute the people who are responsible for it as yes. opposed to, like, uh, starting a civil war the best we can. Yeah, because right. a very interesting thing is, like, yes, Ozymandias in the original Watchmen series killed several million people and, like, did a very terrible thing, but he said it was for good aims. And now we jump 30 years ahead, and there are still very clearly problems and issues, but, like... We've had a president who, like, passed reparations. Like, like crazy, like, very forward-moving, like, social things have happened. There's been pushback against it. But, like, it seems like this is a world that is, by and large, better off than it was in at least the 80s Watchmen and it, it world. Di- it didn't break the country in, like, a post-apocalyptic way. It just, like, severed the divide between the two groups. Yeah. Like, we are living in sort of right now. It, it just exacerbated the things that already existed. We we are coming down to the last couple minutes. Of we don't this need segment. to talk about Batwoman. We do, oh, uh, but I do want to get to. <laughs> let's talk about the opening of the show in 1921 in Tulsa. Oh, it oh like I don't know how many times in real life I've uttered "holy shit" while watching a TV show. It was brutal for our little superhero podcast i had to watch yes. that not had to it was super impactful and super emotional i just it's not fair to batwoman right. that now this is also in the yeah mix. do you think it's cheap that like that is the first that's how like the flash pilot started was the tulsa riots and then watch <laughs> watchman copies it uh, taylor as far as i know you were the first of us to watch this i i think probably yeah. i watched it a couple days later when twitter was filled with that opening was great by the way actually yes. happened real life guys that yes. was it did you have you ever heard about these riots no and and that was i think supremely upsetting to me because i grew up like like i, I don't know like a, like 200 miles from tulsa like i I've, I've been to tulsa like i am from that general area of the country and that was never even a thing that i had in in the slightest heard of and and, and i watching it it made me think like is this a thing that damon lindelof came up with or not, because this seems like an extremely aggressive thing to just like make up and put in. All right, let's do that then. Why include it? I, I, I think we don't really know why yet, because the person who kills Judd is intimated to be the little boy who survives yes. the Black Street Massacre. Uh, so we don't know why plot-wise it's included. I think it starts off because it grabs you by the fucking throat. And let's, I do think what, what Watchmen the show is wrestling with and what the comic wrestled with is there are stuff we ignore in this country and there's history we ignore all the time, but we can still deal with it, maybe even better, when there's capes and tights. Yeah. But starting with a very real grounded thing is letting you know, like, this isn't going to be your fun arrow. Sorry, nobody's failed the city. We've all failed our country. It definitely sets the tone. And the other thing, too, is that uh, I had never heard of the city Ferguson until all that shit went down. And if you've never heard of it, if you don't know what it's like to be there – then you're like, guys, shut up, get together, like, figure it out, like, be friends with everyone, not knowing that it is a century-long issue yeah. with that city. And mm-hmm. so the show takes place in Tulsa, and so it's not just that, like, white people don't like black people and black people don't like white people, but, like, this has been the case for decades. Yes. And, like, let's, let's go, not at the beginning, but, like, one of the most eventful starts of the Tulsa 
feelings towards other people. Yeah, I feel like it sets the tone for what the show is going to do. And I've also read some like interviews with Lindelof, and he pointed out he's like, this season's going to deal with race. Like that's going to be like a central thing about the show. Uh, and another thing that he said was like the original Watchmen was a story that felt like it was it, it like it was a sequel to another story that we never saw that changed the world. And it was interesting to like think about. This was his way of going like, here's that story even before that, and now we're also doing the thing after. Like we are bookending that thing and building out the whole world. And I think it is an extremely like very good storytelling device to start that way and just say, here's the shit that's going down, and things are way different in the like present of this world, but they're not that much different from the history of our world and, and he knew and i'm not talking shit like i love lindelof i thought I, I i like lost i love the leftovers now he's doing Watchmen. that's so awesome i'm not talking shit but he knew that the wokest of woke white people has still never heard of the tulsa riots yeah like he knew that this was going to be a slap in the face for all that's, of us. that one of the things that i read he said was he found out about it and was so shocked that he had never heard about it and no one he knew had ever heard about it that he was like mm-hmm. i think i can't not like include this in a thing yeah, I think I think if you want to tell a story, and like I bet cops were always going to be part of it, you can't tell a story about cops and vigilantes and not deal with race in a responsible, thought-provoking show. And ha- and why not also do us a public service and do something that our history has failed us? Because if nobody knows about this, it's one of the worst atrocities. But also Tulsa, the Black Street Massacre, is one example of shit that happened in that that era all around the country. It was horrible. It's one of the only ones where they had planes dropping on people, but this shit happened yeah. like all over Twitter. Lit up. Oh, in this city, and then this city, and then this the, city. And so, why not also? That was us? actually the thing that tipped me off that, like, this might be a real thing because they used planes. And like, famously, I think in the Watchmen universe, planes are not that big of a deal. Like, they use dirigibles. So I was like, mm-hmm. why would they include a plane unless that was like a real? Th- fact about it and i looked it up and it was like they had just had planes for some reason that were dropping bombs fuck guys that uh and, and what if we only sent in three times as many people that are really angry and have weapons to kill these black people what if that wasn't enough yeah let's get some planes let's get some planes um fuck we're out of time to talk about Watchmen, and that is so upsetting to me because I want to talk about it for hours and hours uh, i'm gonna make a prediction yeah we'll probably do a lot each episode for the rest of this season. I, I don't think that there's going to be an episode of this that any of us skip. Um, and, and I think we're going to cancel the shushies. Yeah. Why? Why? Like, uh, listener, very sincerely, if you have, for some reason, listened to this show and have never watched a single one of the shows that we cover, watch Watchmen. Uh, it is a very good show, at least from the first episode, and I am really excited to see where they go from here. You know what? Contact at yourpopfilter.com and one of the three of us will give you our HBO Go password. Yeah. That's how bad we want you to watch it. <laughs> like, watch this show. And we didn't even talk about uh, the old man who is very obviously Adrian Veidt and his weird robot assistant. Holy shit! Horseshoes, that's, Taylor! We didn't even get to horseshoes! Uh, that, that's like a whole thing. Uh, but uh, watch the show. Now we're going to move on to the pull list where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Now we're here in the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Kicking it off is Riverdale. This week on Riverdale, Archie has to pay for a new bathroom in the gym he owns as a teenager. 
Veronica changes her name, and Jughead gets into an argument with a bully. Meanwhile, on 24, Polly shows up with a bomb vest that Betty has to defuse for some reason. Edgar Evernever has found the identity of the mole by cutting off fingers and killed a federal agent. So Betty walks directly into a trap, finds her mother and a gun, and tries to prevent a busload of farmies from being driven off a cliff while her mother chases Edgar, who is wearing an evil Knievel outfit and has constructed a makeshift rocket he plans to launch himself from Wiley Coyote style. Before Alice shoots him and ends this storyline, I guess. Taste buds, I ask you this. What? What? Should... Okay, so it's on Alice that uh, she only shot him with a gun and not didn't find some other Acme contraption. She, like, sh- uh, she should have at least had a crossbow. Catapult that person launcher. somewhere. Yeah, like yeah. an anvil. Where was the anvil? It's this episode. I think we finally like answered the question once and for all. Riverdale is not a good show. But, <laughs> but Riverdale is a great show. Right. No, it shot past good. Yes. In a cannon. All the way to great. Yeah, like like it just uh, like hopped over. Most people go through, and you're like, you're also good. Nope, they bounced over, and they are just guys. Last season, this was a character who was just very charming, and he got people to like follow him. And every now and then, he did a little bit of organ harvesting. What's his name? Michael Cuba Gooding. Yes, a Michael Carter flocking, but like some CW actor from the past, right? Yes, uh, yeah, he was on One Tree Hill. He was like he was sort of phoning it in all last season, just like Riverdale. Yes. And then it seems like he heard that this might be his last episode, and he is acting tonight. What is that a bit of scenery? I'm gonna chew the fucking shit out of it. It's uh, I like this happened in the same episode that somebody accused Jughead of only writing pulp, and he went, "Pulp is an insult to me." And we're like, "Yeah, Riverdale, we fucking <laughs> yes. get your thesis statement. <laughs> we understand, buddy." Uh, the the moment that she said, "Oh, he's building a rocket to <laughs> escape on," I was like, "What the fuck is their plan? Look, what Al- is he doing?" Alice Cooper, look. And one more time, it's insane that your name is Alice Cooper. But look, <laughs> I, I know that Riverdale's a crazy show. There's no way that this guy is building a rock. You got something wrong there, girl. But There's no, no way. But no, he built he built a toy rocket. Where was he going? Is and this- he was always going to go alone? Or yes. he wasn't going to bring his cult or his weird daughter? No, well, it's a no. one-man rocket, right? Well, it's, it's not his weird daughter. It's his weird wife daughter. Okay, sure. Um, Which I don't think is weird. Yeah, but but like uh, their plan was she was gonna drive the bus full of people off a cliff so that they would distract the agents from him launching the rocket, and that was his plan. That was what he wanted to happen. Chad Michael Murray. Chad Michael Murray. That is his name. Chad Michael Murray. Last season was very reserved. I don't know. I don't know if he's a good actor or not. Uh, but so was Riverdale. Was season three of Riverdale akin to like Gotham season one? Uh, maybe. Like, and then, and now they're like, okay, so we tried to be good. It was awful. Let's go fucking full on Riverdale, Evil Knievel it style. Was full on. And it gave us Betty putting on a beret and loading uh-huh. a revolver. She looked like Patty Hearst. <laughs> yes. And, and then there, there was also the scene where Polly comes in with wearing a bomb vest that has the full clock ticking down the whole thing. And a room full of FBI agents says, Betty, the teenager <laughs> in the room, you are responsible for this. We're going to give you instructions. And here's what I love about Riverdale. Uh, Betty cuts a wire, and it's not the one that diffuses the bomb. 
nor does it explode it, but it makes the timer count down faster. It's a, it's uh, a trick wire. Time works in a certain way where time works like time. But for some reason, now time is faster. And the reason I love Riverdale is that's so stupid. But also, I've seen that in dozens of movies and never thought it was stupid until uh-huh. Riverdale was like, are you guys seriously watching movies like that? <laughs> Do you think bombs work like this? It, it Like, this episode was such a weird construction because it, it wasn't, we didn't get just a one chunk of Betty doing her entire Jack Bauer routine. It was interspersed with, like, Jughead has a guy who doesn't like his writing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Equally then, like, dramatic. And then, like, <laughs> the end of the episode, we, like, we watched Betty's mom kill a man trying to launch himself in an evil Knievel rocket. And then, later, we saw Jughead and Betty reconnecting over the day, and he was telling her about his day. <laughs> as a if fucking he, asshole. As if he was the one who had well, something to talk about. I think the show does think Jughead was more dramatic, because we end with him and Moose... Uh, and then everybody finds out Marmaduke is uh, Moose. Yeah. I'm and sorry, it's Marmaduke now. And and the, the the knowledge everyone's like, oh my god, did you know? Is that Moose's girlfriend was killed in public? Oh, how shameful for people to like. It's insane. And and the other shameful thing is that he's not as gay as he said he was. Like he was ho- <laughs> like we were all surprised that he was hooking up with a girl in the room. Uh, guys, if I said that uh, Moose doesn't want to be called by Moose. He actually has a more ridiculous name. Can you guess what it is? You both would have said Marmaduke at the same time, right? Like, that's the uh-huh. only dumber one. Yeah. The, the, only th- the only thing more stupid would have been, like, if he changed his name to Moose and Squirrel, and he carried <laughs> around a pet squirrel with him around. Stop giving them ideas. We're going to see that soon. So that all happens. And then also, Archie sort of becomes Batman in this episode mm-hmm. yeah. in more ways than one. Because uh, he takes on six like, tough yes. guy gangsters. Like, four real gangsters. Yes. And they're like, uh, there's six of us and one of you. And he's like, I like those odds. Yes, he even puts on the voice. And when we see him next, he is, like, gently bruised. Like, at one point, somebody barely hit the side of his head. And yeah. Otherwise, he killed all six of them. I think yep. so. And I wonder if this is going to become, like, a new thing where, like, like, Archie just roams the streets cleaning up crime. Is this his third vigilante? Yes, it is his <laughs> persona. It is his third vigilante persona. He is the Rorschachs of this show. Uh, over under on amount of bears he trains gets to join his vigilante team and they go and clean up the town. This shows uh, like listen, that would usually be just a dumb joke that we make on this show. Riverdale it has gone so far beyond any like reasonable expectation. They know that bears are weird. They're going to put bears in his weird vigilante army. I don't know if this episode was good or the last episode. Uh, disregarding the Luke Perry episode, but these, the, I don't know if they're good, but I, I know Taylor and Mike, what we sounded like when we talked about the show last season and we were trying and we were defensive we were so and, we, and like this, this is so not that. And I'm no, you know what? I do know if it's good. It's good. It's so good. Uh, well, we have to do moments of the week, Ryan. Uh, my moment of the week was when uh, Archie was like, that milkshake looks cold. My balls feel warm. Oh. And he puts his balls right in that milkshake. Mike, your moment of the week. Uh, it's Edgar Evernever's outfits. Because in the beginning, <laughs> it's like uh, oh, an XXL Hawaiian shirt unbuttoned yes. all the way on his very skinny body with like That's, low-hanging jeans. I saw it described as Brad Pitt from... Uh, uh, California? True Romance. Fight Club. Oh, the, the, the Hollywood one. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 
uh, that and then into the evil Kineva. I was like, why? I don't want this character to go away. I want him to get his own spinoff. I want yeah. him all the time now. Do you guys think that Chad Michael Murray's agent watched this episode live and he was like, fuck yes, now we're going places? Or was he like, oh no. Oh no. We're you- done. There's no way that they put him in this evil Knievel outfit and he makes it to the credits. <laughs> uh, my moment of the week is, and it's it's like a small moment in this weird, crazy thing. We've already talked about like the big moments, but I just had a moment where Molly Ringwald was telling Archie about how Riverdale is a fucking hive of scum and villainy and it's just the fucking worst place possible. And I was like, remember in season one where like the whole thing was that like, Riverdale was such a quiet, peaceful, idyllic town that one murder upset everything. Now it is just like a haven of drug dealers and murderers. Like everyone is an awful person in the town of Riverdale. Did you guys see uh, pictures of the Halloween episode? Archie's costume? No. Is he he Proudheart? He is Proudheart. He dresses as Proudheart, which is from the comic books. It's just a guy in tights and a cape. And I really think that after that Halloween episode, the Halloween one's going to be like, ha, 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 that, that, it's a reference to the past. But after that one, he's going to be like, I love beating the shit out of criminals. I have this suit. And it's going to become full-on comic book show. All right. Riverdale is on the CW. Guys, check it out. It's going batshit. Your next show this week is Supergirl. On this week's Supergirl, Kara tries to mend her relationship with Lena. Meanwhile, John Johns, they really named that guy that, takes a deep dive into his memories. And Kelly tries to help an old friend. Taste buds, I ask you this. How bummed are you when an old friend makes contact with you and wants to hang out? Fuck, you guys. It's such a bummer. It's never because things are going great in their life. No. It's never it's just like, oh, we're going to have a great time and drink and, and carouse around the town. And it, also, life has this weird thing of making it so, like, if we were supposed to continue to hang out, we would have. Yeah. Like, what are you trying to do right now? It's like, very rarely is it someone that, like, you were very good friends with and you just, like, moved across the country and now they are also moving across the country. And you're like, oh, all right, cool. We'll, we'll keep hanging out, I guess. But, like, most of the time it's, hey... I'm like a hardcore Republican now, and you're the opposite of that. What if we like? Let's get drinks. Yeah, like what? If, what if we hung out one on one for several hours? For me, the first time, like after high school, but like the first time that we met since then, uh, the two hours that we go get drinks, it is more awkward and performative than like an interview. Like, oh, yeah. I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It's not good. Supergirl is on the CW. Your next show this week is Arrow. This week on Arrow, Ollie, Dig, and Earth 2 Laurel show up in Hong Kong on Earth 1 with the task of finding Dr. Wong, who invented a virus. Things go awry when China White also starts hunting Wong, and Laurel freaks out from being the sole survivor of her Earth, and nobody really gives her much sympathy. Meanwhile, in the future, JJ and Connor have a sit-down. Taste buds, I ask you this. Is the only reason the future scenes are in this season to hook us into the spinoff, and if so, how are they doing? Bad. And 100% yes. Uh... I'm nervous that, like, uh, we're going to get the farm episode. Mike, do you remember the farm episode of The Office? I do very much so. We have got it eight, was awful. We've got eight episodes left total of Arrow. And so I'm already watching. Like, every time a minute goes by, it's like, oh, that's one less uh, minute of Arrow I get. Uh, and I think that one of the episodes is going to be all that. We, we already get bullshit we don't care about. We don't need a whole episode we don't care about. That's fucking insane. Every, every minute... Ollie and Dig were just cutting up through Hong Kong. I loved. And it, they were like in plain clothes the whole episode. And it just, they looked like action heroes because they're just in jeans and t shirts beating the shit out of people. It was awesome. 
I have to ask. There's a character in this show called China White. And that's another thing, Mike. We've talked about before how like Marvel had that, uh, you know, the 1970s where uh-huh. they were like, that black person will be called Black Panther and that black person will be called Black Goliath. Is this worse than all of that? It's not great. She, she, they should have changed her name. She's, so she's from the Suicide Squad of the Arrowverse, and she was on, in like season one even. Uh, she works with the Triad. They could have just called her like Jessica yeah. White. Like they didn't need to call her what they're, it's, it's not the best. Yeah, because I mean, listen, China White has a different, that's a different thing. It feels racist and like a drug. Yes. Well, it, she's, it, she's it a heroin dealer. Okay, so it plays. It, it, she's got a brand that she's going for. Yeah, and they can't call her heroin because she's a villain. She's not yeah, the, right. That'd the be confusing. Hero. Right. Do you have a moment of the week, Ryan? Uh, my moment of the week is uh, I'm rooting so hard, like we did Riverdale season three for guy from Russian Doll. Uh, guy Dig- from Russian Doll. Diggle's son. Oh yeah, for he's Deathstroke now. Yeah, and. I think that he is not great, but I, I I'm trying to think if he's doing a good job for these shows. Like, mm-hmm. is his acting style fitting into this show as good as he was on Russian Doll? But it, it, it's not. He's not. <laughs> My moment of the week. Uh, at a certain point, Ali has to. Everybody's chasing somebody, and Ali parkours up a wall and then just runs on pipes. Everybody else is just still running down a hallway, but he's just above it, balancing on pipes, and I fucking love it. Ollie's got an Ollie. Uh, Supergirl, nope, Arrow is on the CW. It's a show. Your next show this week is Titans. This week on Titans, Dick leaves the tower to search for Deathstroke while tormented by a hallucination of Bruce. In Dick's absence, the heroes find items tied to painful memories planted around the tower, and Dick's search uncovers that Deathstroke has infiltrated the tower. With Jason contemplating suicide over trauma from his fall and feeling blame for the team's problems, Dick admits to Jason that he is at fault because he killed Jericho. Eve arrives at the tower to find Connor dying from kryptonite poisoning until Corey uses her powers to save him. Taste buds, I ask you this. Are you excited Jason Todd survived? Come, you know the answer to that. Of course Never. not. Yeah, fuck Jason Todd. They like, well, who cares? The thing is, too, is that like uh, every single terrible person on the planet is either named Jason or Todd. Like, yeah, this guy's he, awful. He knocked them both out in one. What a chud. Do you guys get the feeling that... This is the best show that we don't regularly watch. Like, is there a chance that this got good? I doubt it. I haven't seen anything that has really been like telling me that. Hey, guys, Titans good again. So I've no. seen. I have seen hints. Be, like the reviews have gone up. People are like they're really? figuring it out in season two. Yeah, yeah. maybe and idiots liked season one. So if they're also saying this is even better, I don't know. I mean, it's the channel that got us. Doom Patrol, which we love, and Swamp Thing, which we were sort of impressed by. So yeah. I think this might be okay. Eh, we'll I, never find out. I, I think if Watchmen hadn't come out this week, then sure, I'd probably be into it. But yeah, no, there's no way that I'm going to be watching this. Uh, next up is Raising Dion. On episode three of Raising Dion, Nicole makes contact with Charlotte Tuck, who explains that not only did Mark have powers, everybody who went to this mysterious Iceland expedition also gained powers, except for Jason Ritter, who stayed homesick at the hotel when everyone was getting powers, which really fucking messes with his head. Also, there's a storm monster hunting everybody who has powers. Meanwhile, a white kid steals Dion's special watch and a teacher blames Dion, so Nicole has to have the black talk with her son. Taste buds, I ask you this. Do you, would you want more storm monster power mysteries or more real world uh, that this is what it's like to be black in America from Raising Dion? From, yeah, from this show specifically? Yes. I. <sighs> I've seen a lot of TV shows do, like, I think, as far as I know, the black talk well, and I've seen a lot of people, like, force it and fumble it. 
from Raising Dion, I'll, I would probably pick the first one. Like, don't take on that responsibility. I'm very intrigued by Nicole being a normal person getting more and more sucked into this world that's that's going pretty well and and charlotte tuck is one of those i can't remember her name a character actress you've seen the wire through everything the wire yes she's the she was the uh she's the, the DA. attorney yeah oh uh but i will say nicole this is my moment of the week is nicole having a talk with how old is Dion? five mm-hmm. yeah trying to explain in a five-year-old's terms what it's like to be black and what he has to do was heartbreaking and way better than what i thought the show could do do you guys have uh, moments of the week, Ryan? Nope. Nope. Mike. That that was mine. Cool. Uh, Raising Dean's on Netflix. Your next show this week is Batwoman. This week on Batwoman, Kate receives an invitation from Thomas Elliot, who has deduced Batman's identity and plans to kill him with a Batman-killing gun. When he takes hostages to force Batman out, Kate confronts him in a modified suit, adopting her own persona, and rescues the hostages after disabling the railgun. Alice subdues Elliot to save a cornered Batwoman, admitting her having killed and abandoning Dodgson. And Gotham now publicly learns about Batwoman. Taste buds, I ask you this. Uh, Batman killing gun? <laughs> I would like so that, please. gun? Yeah, what would you do with a Batman killing gun? <laughs> I wouldn't kill Batman. I think he's cool. Yeah, like what else? I'd give it to him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I'd say like, are we friends now? I just gave you that thing. Do you have a present for me? Like how I treat most people. Yeah, yeah. He gives you a Ryan killing gun. Yeah, in exchange. That, it's upsetting that he has it in the beginning. You said Thomas Elliot. Thomas Elliot. Is that Hush? I Hush. I believe so. Yeah. We, uh, we have Hush now. I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I. I don't know if they've actually said like Hush, but yeah, it's, it's supposed to be they have a history and all that stuff. So uh. I heard this was the episode where uh, Ruby Rose put on the iconic red hair. Yes. To like separate her from Batman. And it looked cool in the comics, but it feels like one of those things that you should probably just leave in the like. Yeah, is that gonna look stupid? I uh, I haven't I haven't looked at images for this, but I have a feeling that that's that is hard to pull off. And if they do it, it'll look dope as hell. Uh, Batwoman is on the CW. Your next show this week is The Flash. Also over on the CW, Barry's trying to prep Team Flash for a life without him. But while not telling them that he's going to die in crisis. Meanwhile, Ralph finds out his mom lied to him his entire life, and all the boyfriends that she said died are actually still alive, and he realizes the reason he doesn't have a father figure is because of his mom, not because of shitty men. And Killer Frost has never had a birthday party. Taste buds, I ask you this. Cisco and Iris meet a new Wells, who's hunting a specific element for his experiments, and proclaims to hate the Council of Wells while also saying he's the most Wells there is. Is the Flash trying to do Rick and Morty? Who is this Wells? Like, does he have a voice? Uh, Can you do it for it perfectly? It's a little gravelly, but it's mostly just Tom Cavanaugh's voice, and it's like Harry Nash Wells. Harry Nash Wells. But he, they're like, no, it's cool. We're we're friends with the Council of Wells. He's like, those arrogant blowhards, they don't even know how to be Wells right. I'm the most Wells. It's, I mean, let's be honest. Like, is Rick and Morty trying to be Flash? Oh, interesting. That's a very good point. I think Flash got there first because he is the fastest man alive. Uh, Mike, do you have a moment of the week? Yeah, so it does turn out that Killer Frost is the main personality for Caitlyn these days, uh, and she's very sad about never having a birthday party, and so Barry, as one of his last things on Earth doing, throws her one, but she gets the guest list, and we get to see what Caitlyn, what Killer Frost is like on her off time, and it's all leather-clad, pierced fucking druggies, and she fills Star Labs with them for a rave, and it's delightful. (laughs) 
Uh, Mike, I'm, I don't want to be creepy or make you look creepy, so I'm going to ask this question very gently. You have had a crush on Danielle Panabaker for as long as I've known you. Uh, uh-huh. Do you prefer the Caitlyn Snow or do you prefer the Killer Frost? What kind of guy are I'm you? Not, I'm, I'm not opposed to Killer Frost. Okay. I would say if we're trying to not be creepy about it, I, I'm I'm in, I'm picking up what Killer Frost is throwing down. Oh, so creepy, he was so creepy. I, I tried <laughs> to make right. it not creepy. The guys, the Flash is on the CW. Your next show this week is The Walking Dead. This week on The Walking Dead, the group in Alexandria defends the community against constant waves of walkers. Negan earns Aaron's trust after saving him from walkers riddled with hogweed. Gamma arrives in Alexandria and demands the group meet Alpha at the border, where Alpha demands more land as punishment for crossing into her territory. Carol tries to kill Alpha after she boasts about Henry's death, but Michonne and Daryl stop her. Carol suffers from hallucinations and is abusing pills, leaving Daryl and Michonne concerned. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Why hasn't there been more people abusing pills in the post-apocalypse already? I would be so fucked up, dude. I, that seems like a thing that should have been... I, I feel like they sort of addressed a few people who were like, oh, I'm a little bit of a druggie. Or like, it was mostly like they used to be, and now they're like clean because they don't have access or whatever. But goddamn, there would be so many people raiding just all of the pharmacies... Like, there's no way that that isn't, like, a thing that so many people are doing. I guess you have to be on high alert, be able to use your weapons, but fuck that. I'm going to get high, and if I die while high, cool, I win the game. I won't even know. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm really committed to the high-die life. Plus, when screenwriters bring dreams or hallucinations into their episode, it's just the weakest, hackiest shit. Like, I bet yeah. Carol's, like, seeing her past and her future and now finding out who she is. Oh, that's crazy, man. Blah, blah, blah. That's wild. Zombies and stuff. Who would think, man? Uh, you said hogweed? Hogweed. What is that? No idea. The... It's from Harry Potter. It is? I'm, I'm, think... I'm pretty sure it's, like, uh, it's like a, an infection type deal that I don't know the full details of it. It's hogweed. And they have to keep their weapons because like 30 to 50 hog wild hogweeds come into their farm every day. Yeah, and, and they don't have uh, their semi-automatics anymore. Uh, the Walking Dead is on AMC on Sunday nights. Your next show this week is Black Lightning. This week on Black Lightning, as a virus spreads among the ASA's detained metahumans, Detective King tells Jefferson about a money stash before dying and did not say, bury me with my money. To win Jefferson over, Odell gives him a watch that manifests a new Black Lightning costume on him. Anissa reunites with Grace Choi as she accepts Grace's shape-shifting abilities. Thank you for accepting that, Anissa. After making a claim that the Markovians killed Nichelle, Odell ropes Lightning into attacking a facility where Black Lightning had just rescued ASA commandos and discovered that Jace wasn't there. Painkiller complies with Odell's order to raid a house and slays the Markovians hiding out there. Jefferson and Lynn are released with from ASA custody, and they reunite with their black daughters. That's I, I misread that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just says daughters. <laughs> oh no! Uh, Tobias has a hallucination that Black Lightning is taunting him. Taste buds, I ask you this: Can we move past that Black Daughters thing as fast as possible? <laughs> it's just the word "black" was right under. <laughs> right underneath. We all we We're get all it. Oh my god. And, and most podcasts would like cut that and have me read it again, but no. Uh, oh, fuck we want to let everybody know that oh. even paragons of virtue like Ryan can fuck Jesus up. Guys, t- I, I like the, we all knew that it had to be wrong because as you said it, you're like that. Sh- that can't be right. Oh no! What what does this say? Like as you were reading it, you're like that's not right. Uh, Taste buds, ask you this. This is the real one. Uh, 
Tobias is having uh, hallucinations. Carol's having hallucinations. Do you guys like it? Like, have you ever done something to make you have them? Uh, not in like twenty years, and so I can't. I, I don't think current day Mike would love it. it it's. Uh, I like knowing what reality is, and it's a little freaky when you don't. Yeah. Um. I just saw the lighthouse, and also I don't like hallucinating. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna say just based on those two things, no, I do not. I do not want that. Have you guys ever done it because of a lack of sleep? Have you ever put yourself through that? Uh, no, because I appreciate my sleep and I take care of myself. Cool. Have you guys, uh, same answer? You guys ever punched a ghost? Yes, I have. Yeah. I, well, I have famously, um, talked about on Twitter. Have you ever jizzed because of a ghost in a movie, Taylor? Yes. Uh, yes, I have. It was a dream. So, um, no, it was not a dream. That is a, a that is a thing that has happened. So yes, I have in, in some ways. Yes, I have punched a ghost in the mouth. Uh, Black lightning is on the CW. Thanks, Black Lightning. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Oh, f- what, what's happened? I think Riverdale has broken my brain. I think that's what's happened. Uh, that is it for this show. Uh, if you want to uh, check up on us, we've got yourpopfilter.com as a website or yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon if you want to go to a website and buy things but also help us out. Also, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at yourpopfilter. Go to contact at yourpopfilter.com and email us your questions if you want, or if you really want that HBO login, Ryan said he would give it to you. So I would give them one of your guys's. Yeah, yeah. So definitely email us about that. Or if you want to call no, us. No, no, no. Mike, this is it. Greg still this what is, is it? this is the time that we tell him. Tell Taylor. Tell yeah. Taylor. What are we telling? The robot is no longer. The robot died? Yeah. If you want to yeah. do voicemail, record it and email it to us. But yeah, send us a voice memo at contact at your pop filter. Dr. DJ Pop is no longer. Fuck. I know. You wait till the end of the show to drop this on me? I'm really sorry. We wanted you to be able to focus and watch. Oh, me. fuck. Oh, God. Here's oh. what we're going to do The robot he is was not so dead. young. <laughs> the way His that, coat was sleek. The way that he got messages is no longer there, but he will still be alive. And next season on Moody, that Greg is going to have not a drop pad, but Dr. DJ Pop. He's still in our lives. Be cool. Okay. Just be cool. Okay. Please, for okay. Once, be cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know what? That is, I can live with that. We will miss uh, the presence of Dr. G. Pop. And hey, bro, one less commercial you have to do at the end of the show. <laughs> you know what? I love that. Uh, next week on the show, we will be covering two episodes of Daybreak. We will also be seeing if Watchmen can continue to be the best show on television. And also, where was Edgar Never trying to go on that rocket? Find out next week on the Superhero Hour Hour. For Mike, I'm Taylor. For Taylor, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Greg. For Greg, I am the DJ Pop. Bagpipes. See ya. Let's go on to the mall. Let's get out of here. There's a snake in my boot. Don't poison the watering hole. Stay out of my underwear. Here comes Check us out on Patreon. Here comes the chickens on patreon.com slash your pop filter. Go there and all your chicken needs. We've got hens. We've got cocks. We've got them all. And they can lay or they cannot. And that's how chickens work. Cut off their heads and then some of times they still breathe for a little while. But then you can pluck them and eat them. It's a normal thing that we all do every day and we it's not weird. Watchmen you don't have to you don't much? have to stop. So this could happen. It's great. I love it. And and here we go. Yeah, he said he needed time for a special The end of the show, and, and here's the thing that I wanna say to you is you should register to vote. 
and you go down and you fill you fill out a piece of paper and you put it in there and is this oh, a good commercial and that? sometimes you definitely sometimes say he's honest, you gotta though, go to the store and buy beer but you're underage and what do you do you gotta ask a guy the only and, change and he's gonna give it to, dress to you him in that evil and, and that's and he oh, sells so sure. many cars and and that's and that's how um a show is made and that's and what you do I think he's advertising to minors to ask him to buy the beer I like how you started to say that sentence and then you stopped like oh is, would this be too much maybe I shouldn't say this sentence <laughs> would that be too ridiculous maybe we should roll that back <laughs> alright that's done